It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What you gonna do, brother, when Jeff Townsend Media runs wild on you? All right, we'll get it going. All right. All right, all right, all right. Bill said it first, I said it second. This is Jeff Townsend. We are starting another experience, another experience. It's actually one continuing experience, I think. The Bill DeMond experience, like I said, I'm Jeff Townsend joining you live in Longview, Texas in a hotel room with a loud air conditioner by me. And my friend Bill DeMont is at home in the usual spot after a last couple busy weeks you had, man. Yeah, man, we've been we've been uh, busy. Um, I think I'm 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 rubbing off on you because you're you become a traveling maniac. But you yeah, seem exhausted. Got, I'm I'm telling you, dude. I'm so just worn out. Last week was such a uh, the last week it was just such an emotional roller coaster, uh, in in the best possible way. Just. And it's so busy. Like, it's the first time I had a schedule where I was here, 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 here. Had to be at these things. But thank goodness, uh, you know, my family was with me, which was great. We haven't done anything, the four of us together, in quite a while. So that was cool. We've also learned that we don't like each other as much as we thought we did after spending so much time in the car. That'll do it. Great, great weekend, man. I really, uh, I still, I'm still trying to process it. So the weekend you're referring to is Waterloo, Iowa. The uh, you're inducted into the Hall of Fame. I'll let you talk about it. You're much yeah, cooler. I, you you were there, not me. I try. I wanted to be though. I I was there. You know what? The funny. A quick side note. Like as I was um, reluctantly giving my speech, I kept looking out, and I'm like, maybe he's up in the middle of something. I kept in the back of my mind. I had that. My mind. I'm like, I wonder if he's over. Bill, but, uh, it's yeah, me. 
we were in Waterloo, Iowa. Uh, we got inducted into the. Uh, hold on a minute, right? I'm going to escape. Inducted into the class of 2023. There it is, right there. Yes. Maybe that'll be on YouTube. Getting the Luthez Award into the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Just amazing. I like, I encourage, I said this on social media. I encourage everyone, wrestling fans, wrestlers, take a trip out there to that museum. Um, really uh, a great organization. And I just, I turned into like a, a kid looking at all the names on the walls and the, 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 you know, the memorabilia and things like that. And then realizing that I just joined that, that group. It was a, it was an amazing experience. The fans were great from Florida to Canada, from California to Vermont. There were people from all over the country and just, you know, we could talk about it forever. Just the legends that were there. That was, that was what was cool to me is seeing people, meeting meeting some of my heroes and uh you know i got to listen to here's a of all the things one of the biggest things for me was you know amateur wrestling people know who dan gable is and if you've been around wrestling you you've heard dan gable's name um legendary olympian uh collegiate wrestler uh my son and i were looking at the record one time was 117 and one Mm. and he spoke on night one of the weekend. And so not only did I get to sit and listen to one of the greatest coaches in the world speak, then I got to speak to him. And I think there was, a, I put a picture of Dan Gable and myself and my son on the social media. If not, I'll go, I'm going to go through it and make one more big post, but just an amazing man. And the, like the whole thing about it was everybody was so cool. Even even the hustle bustle wasn't hustle bustle. It was just so cool, and uh, the people who are running that museum and 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 doing all that work and just do an amazing job. And it's just like the biggest word you heard all weekend was family. Like it's just a big, goofy, tall, short, hairy, bald, athletic, entertaining family. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just. It was it was cool. In my thirty five years, I never thought that that would happen. Thirty five years in the business, but um, really cool. But I, I could go on forever because as I'm talking about, I'm just like reliving things. You know, why did you say uh, we? What did you mean when you said we were inducted? We um, the the Luthes Award, and I'm paraphrasing. That award goes to the an individual who's not only. I don't know, because it sounds silly for me to say stuff like that, but not only gives back to the wrestling community, but then does something with their career, with their fame, you know, with their, you know, with, with an opportunity. Have, yeah. yeah, with a and use that platform. And we is the DeMotts, Carrie and DeMott Foundation, and everybody who, who runs that foundation with us, uh, we were honored. So to have my family there with me. And while the wrestling was really cool, it reminds me of why I still love this business. And you and I talk about this business because, you know, it's like you, you have a younger brother. I can do whatever I want to my younger brother, but nobody else yeah. can. You know what I mean? And that's the wrestling community. Like 
we don't always see eye to eye, whether it's with the fans or whether it's with each other. But at the end of the day, everybody has each other's back and best interests at heart. So when I got the call from uh, Mr. Gerald Briscoe that that not only was I being honored, but the foundation was a big piece of that was just really cool. That was That's the we. JBL actually tweeted out and said that you had the best speech he's ever heard. I... I... I heard that quite a lot that night. I, I said to my, my wife and my kids, I'm like, like, how about you tell me what I said so I understand why it's a big deal. I, I kind of black out on those things. Even when I'm giving a, a, a presentation, I know what I'm doing, but it's like an out-of-body thing. Um, yeah, well, people were just telling me that was a great speech, and and. I don't know. The only thing I could think of was it came from the heart. You know, it came. It's why we were there. And I, I kind of kidded around. I remember when I first got to the podium, I said, and I showed my papers, right? My notes. And I said, that's right. This is a scripted promo. And it made me feel better it, because it got a laugh from, from the, you know, from the room. But then it made me feel better. But Bradshaw and I had some good time together. It just with everybody. And for, for someone of his caliber, a true Hall of Famer, um, uh, you know, football, wrestling, commentating, all the things that John, and John's work in the community and on the islands with the kids and, the, and, and rugby and everything, for him to say that to me was really, really cool. And for him to post, that was special. Did you, uh, did you deliver my two messages, my hellos to Conrad and JBL? I, I did. But that was the first time I've ever met Conrad. Like cool social media is something he, he likes. I like something like that. But it was really cool. The morning of the inductions, Conrad pulled up with um, Bruce, Bruce Pritchard and, and uh, you know, some family members and how great it was to see Bruce and then get to meet Conrad and just a wrestling community, man. Like I, that's my that's my kumbaya moment like that. That was like, this is the coolest crap. You know, and I wish everybody could have been there to experience it. The the room, that's you know, just the room. He does so much stuff. I don't. I wonder if Conrad even remembers coming on to my podcast and stuff like that. It's been a while. He does so much stuff. We're gonna have to. He, you know what? To, to hear, like Bruce gave a a a, a, a tremendous um, introduction for Conrad, and talks about not what he does and people see. You know, right? Because if you follow him on social media he's he's like the mortgage guy but he's this wrestling guy and he has this like he's on a mission and to keep that going and to listen to bruce tell the story of how they met and and everything Mm -hmm. conrad's done for everyone is amazing and then just get to talk to him he's like he's like super laid back super cool just and it was great it was great just to meet him and, and have a couple minutes with him and share the share the 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 you know the stage with him but super good guy i'd love to get him on here or vice versa we get to go talk to him but just everybody was amazing i think what he he's kind of and you and i talk about this when we do the this we create this kind of content it's really a lot of it is like this stuff can last forever it, it it's nostalgia it's preserving events of wrestling and and what Pong, uh, and what uh, Conrad has done, particularly starting out with Tony Schiavone, Bruce Pritchard, he really got us, a lot of us, our first, besides reading 
like a Dave Meltzer's dirt sheets right. or knowing professional wrestlers. He really gave us the first really good look behind the scenes is some of the things yeah. that we've always wondered about. So I think he's definitely done a huge part for wrestling in the last, heck, it's probably been podcasting for seven or eight years. Uh, but yeah, he, I think he's, he's done a part of that because it's just not something you would uh, get to hear about. I mean, you had some good old shoot videos out there on YouTube and stuff, but to go into detailed history, very similar yeah. format to what we do, notably so, right? But yeah, because that's because I listen to those. But yeah, just to be able to talk about the past and get that nostalgia factor and preserve wrestling history is is he's been a cool part of that. Yeah, I think the really cool part for me was like Conrad. It's not just a job. Like he has a, uh, I don't like the word passion because too many people I think use it, but he has this, he just has a, a love for it. He does, he has a passion for what he does and it shows, you know, it shows on what he does, how he presents himself and how he presents people. And he doesn't have to do it. He has a successful family business. Yeah. And, you know, he says success outside of this, but like I said, it's not a job where you go, okay, let me put in an hour here and there. The guy knows his stuff. Oh yeah, that's the cool part for me. Like, so and it goes, it ties right back into what we're doing. And I always say this is the cool part for me. You bring me back to, you know, the things I love, and we get to talk about it and you know share that a little bit behind the scenes stuff. But yeah, that she's we'll be talking about this past weekend forever. Well, I guess we can move on then. Yeah, hopefully I get to go next year with or without you, Bill. I'm gonna try to make the drive again. Uh, yeah, just seeing all the cool photos that you shared made me really want to be there and made me really, f- like, uh, it, f- it felt like it was a really cool event. So congratulations again. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. One of the quick quick side note before we get going here, um, Adam Pierce, Scrap Daddy, my buddy, amazing career, NWA, everywhere yep. he's been. I think people should really know more about Adam Pierce than him being the general manager on, on TV. But yeah. it was very cool for my son because Adam and I coached uh, baseball together and our boys were, you know, on the same team. And so Billy, you know, the, the gigantic kid who sneaks around, he's walking through the museum and there's a robe of scrap daddy, Adam Pierce. And then, you know, the the printed part, it's always like the, the, the plaque that's in front of the memorabilia. And he's like, is that Coach Adam? And to hear him say that, and you know, because he knows Adam differently than the world knows him. So we sent Adam that picture. But I thought it was really cool that he, like my son really got an idea of, of who his father used to be and what I used to do from this weekend. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was pretty cool. But th- for him to see his coach, you know, in, in the wrestling, you know, Hall of Fame, it was pretty cool. And naturally, when when everybody, my wife, everybody saw Dusty Rhodes, that was, we just took a couple minutes there as well. So, very cool. Oh, absolutely. You're right. We could talk about it all day. And again, congratulations to everybody that <laughs> was in and partook in that weekend activities yeah. and inductions and amazing job, everyone. Thank you. Yeah. Good class. I was there with you in spirit. I know you were. I know you were. Okay, so what's okay? So, Bill, we have been doing this nonstop deep dive into the U.S. title. We yes. last we we as in you and me and everybody else on the experience journey train finished up with the last episode. The last episode also released was 
the the really WCW coming to an end and mm-hmm. Booker T holding that championship. By the time Booker T wins this in the in March of two thousand of two thousand and one, we have the purchase of WCW by WWF, and everything changes a little bit. And that's we didn't get into that, but that's exactly where we left off. We even mentioned Booker T. Really, kind of cool him being that last champion of that company because he really is such a like I kept saying the last episode. If you take five people even or, or a little bit more and you say name five people that come to mind when you talk about WCW for me Booker T is going to be one of them along with some others so to end on a Booker T note seemed very special to me yeah and it, and it was to me it was deservingly so that if that was the end of it like Booker was just getting his comeuppance you know what I mean he was just everything was starting to fire in all cylinders for him so I think it was really cool that he was the guy going into this buyout. Um, and and naturally, fast forward to the present day, it's certainly paid off. So let's pick up how it started. This this title where it picks up here in the WWE, WWF then. the So what happens is when, the, the, let's, let's fast forward July 24th, 2001. Booker T at this point in time has both titles, right? He has the WCW Championship, uh, Heavyweight Championship, and he also has the United States Championship. So what the storyline tells here is Chris Canyon is given the title by Booker T. This is the 24th. WWE recognizes it as, as a few days later because that's when it was on televised. That's when it was televised. But Chris Canyon starts off the WWF title run for this championship. Who better than Canyon, Bill, to start this off? Who better? Better. I I mean, but it kind of follows suit to what we said how the belt was being passed around. (laughs) Except this time it literally was just passed. Yeah, yeah, you take it. Uh, You know, there's bigger things in my future here. Talk about his time before this and how this is kind of a big moment for it's kind of like yourself, Bill. This is a moment for him to kind of show some of the more stuff he can do. And yeah, he kind of. He had some television time in the beginning of of WCW coming over, I guess is what I'm saying. He had, uh, I don't want to say he had more opportunities. He just had a good opportunity because Chris was such a creative guy. And because he, I know he had relationships with some people as we all did, you know, in, in WWF. So he was, he was hitting the ground running. I mean, he wasn't waiting, um, Sometimes I guess you could call it a knock. One of the knocks, if there was one on Chris at that time, was he was too creative, right? He was always looking for the, you know, he was booking, he was booking himself six months in advance. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a good opportunity. I, I, to be honest, I'm not sure, and I know it'll kick back in when you remind me how it ended. But there was so much talk of what was going to happen with that championship then. Um. There was talk of, is there going to be uh, Lance Bill? Do we go that route with it? Um, that was a conversation that was presented to me because of what we did in WCW. I don't want to ruin the momentum, but I think A-Train's involved here coming up in the U.S. Championship, if, I, if I'm thinking the right way. Oh, and, there, there's, there's, there's so many people uh, yeah. and in this picture we'll get through, but... So, but anyway, to the point before, I don't want to, I don't want to jump ahead, but to the point was 
I, he had a lot of TV time. It was a good opportunity given to him. I don't mean given to him like here, do it, but storyline wise, right? Booker T relinquishes and just gives the canyon. Um, and then he's off and running. So Chris Canyon, obviously, recent was it a biography? There was a bi- there was a Dark Side of the Ring actually. Dark Side of the Ring. That, yep. That detailed that. Obviously sad. Uh, but I guess what we were talking about before we started recording, just briefly. Was there were quite a few youth wrestlers that really idolized Chris Canyon? Yeah, he had. Um, I think it's like all of us, right? You, you. There's guys that you were with before um, you had opportunities, right? And a lot of those guys, like Kidman and Canyon, were close because of the area they grew up in, where they trained, you know, back home in the Northeast. But there was like this group of guys, right? And it was, the Hardys were involved in that, and Shannon and. Sugar Shane, and they were all buddies, and they all did those things. So while Chris was working his way to a steady spot in WCW, he's with those guys all the time. But it it was it's nice to hear the influence that he had on, you know, he had on, and uh, like you said, the younger guys who are now veterans themselves. So he ate, sleep, and drank uh, wrestling. He was always thinking of something. Physically, a large guy too. He was a big. I don't think people appreciate it. He was a big kid. He was a big yeah. kid. He had some size to him. I don't think unless you really yeah. think about it. It's like, man, that guy's pretty big. Yeah. But we, I just want to make sure we brought him up for a minute. Another life yeah. that ended far too soon. Which, far too unfortunately, f- is a theme on every episode of the Build and Want Experience. Usually that's mentioned, and that's just because that's the way it unfortunately seems to be in the industry that you made a living in, Bill. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. And I think sometimes we, we talk about it to ease our own minds and then some uh, i think we when we talk about it, it's always to honor those people and to not just have people think of the last thing they heard because some of them are not from this generation that i'm from and right so they don't know who they are they just hear the tail end of the story so hopefully yeah. when we mention that it's not a downer it's to to honor them and and to have a good thought about you know what they brought to uh the industry and to other people yeah i will say myself that it's always important to really take care. You know, I've struggled with myself, but mental health is so critical. And I feel yes. like back then and, and through all this time period, we've talked about the resources and understanding of that weren't very great. I mean, they're still not, but. Yeah. You hear in the NFL and, and things like that too, old school mentality, right? If you had those kind of um, issues or, or concerns, you didn't talk about it and you certainly didn't let other people know, you know, unless they were very close to you or, you know, away from the business. So unfortunately we're all hiding something, but this day and age and the, the progression of how things go and, and particularly professional wrestling or sports entertainment is, is much better, much more aware of the wear and tear of life, not just the business and uh, how the two can kind of lead us astray sometimes, but very important to let people know and people be aware of those signs of just and we can go through it all you know exhaustion and all these other things but uh the mental game man in in professional wrestling weighs heavy on a lot of people yep for sure okay so 46 day title reign for chris canyon the next champion is september 10th 2001 wow that's close to a certain date isn't it it's to jerry picks up the they went on a roll in san antonio texas Tajiri, man, talk about, did some great stuff that I saw before this, but it was cool to see Tajiri get on the biggest uh, 
wrestling in front of the biggest audience, in front of the biggest wrestling company that there is. He, he definitely deserved it. Do you know? Do you know how Tajiri and I are tied together? How's that? Tajiri was a young boy in Japan when I was there for Wing and for IWA, and he was the kid who sold the tickets and ran and was doing all these things and making sure everybody had something to eat. And it wasn't until Paul Heyman pulled me aside and goes, you know who that is? Yeah, I know who it is. He goes, no, do you know who it is? And so we then he brought him over and we started to tell him, he crashed on him, holy crap, and then look at him now. Like there's there's another success story if you if you know his. But it was so great, to, like you said, to see him on the biggest stage there is and and doing his thing. And he's so freaking entertaining. I don't know how much we'll talk about Sajiri, but he's definitely very talented. And just what about the what about his ability to play that comedic role as well? Did you ever see that coming from him? I'm convinced that every Japanese wrestler, not just wrestlers, all Japanese, speak perfect English. They've got the head tilt and the thing that makes you go, yeah. They're they're the best workers in the world. I would. It's like they speak English, but they act like they don't understand English. You know, that kind of thing. It's a little funny thing. Incredible body. His body language was always amazing. His timing was great. I think his timing started that way when he started doing stuff with Regal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. How great was that stuff? Yeah. His physical movements and his facials and everything he did was was really good. And to be honest, I never saw that. I would never have guessed it ever. And he was awesome. He seemed like he threw some pretty mean kicks, too. Hey, man, it's one of those things like there's certain things you tell a guy, if you don't move, this is going to hurt. So if you're not prepared for that kick, you better be nowhere near it because it was coming. Definitely a physical guy, not the biggest guy in the world, obviously, but really did some good business with the company while he was part of it. I mean, he was, I don't remember being a, I mean, Dave Meltzer probably argued with me. I don't remember a bad match. I don't remember a bad moment necessarily. He definitely yeah, played his no. part and excelled. Every every again, it goes back to the opportunity. Everything they put him in, he just did the best with it and probably made them those things last longer than were intended. Unfortunately, it was only intended to be a thirteen day title reign, and he and then Rhino is the next champion on September twenty third at Unforgiven in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Gore, gore, gore. Let's talk about another physically impressive guy. He's still working, isn't he? Yeah, he's still. I think he's still with Impact. He does yeah, stuff for I mean, Impact Wrestling. The last think, run yeah. he did in WWE was good too. Years ago, now with Heath Slater and all that, but he's great. Big, uh, he's always great. Yeah, big early son of a gun who could move. Very funny, uh, good guy. But it's funny if you think about it now. Think about the time that we're talking about the U.S. Championship and who came in. So he did. Wait, did ECW come in before we did? Yes, they did, right? So they came in after. Oh, they came in after. So WCW, ECW. So you can't give all the belts to the WCW guys. So I'm not saying there was. If everybody could have seen me, I'm winking. I'm not saying there was issues with, you know, only one company getting belts. So maybe we see a couple of ECW guys in a row get uh, get the U.S. championship. But there's more issues with this belt coming up. But no, Rhino... Another guy gets put in any situation and does an absolutely fantastic yes. job. Uh, yes. Been a part of more moments than we could probably even think of off the top of our head. Different things he's been involved in and done. Just a variety of wrestling matches, different kinds of 
wrestling matches yep. versus different kinds of wrestlers. Just very versatile on his talent. Like I said, good guy to work with, good guy to work against. Speaking of good guy, so Rhino holds it for 29 days, then Kurt Angle is the next champion on October 22nd, 2001, Monday Night Raw, Kansas City, Missouri, Olympic gold medalist. Now, that's his first title, right? Oh, no, well, yeah, the European champion? No, I don't think so. He was European champion first? I'd have to go back and look, but his, I don't think that's his first title, was it? Because he went back. But go ahead. You, you talk about Sorry, how Kurt Angle is one of the best ever. Where we're, well, I'm looking at well, this. Well, you know, he's just that. That's it. Now the now we're going back to that back to the history part that we were talking about early on. Now you get these names, not only you know future Hall of Everything's, but now you're you're putting that that championship to meaningful use. Now Kurt Angle now holds it. He is one of the top guys then, early on in his career, and it just. Everybody should know what Kurt Angle has done since and before then. But uh, now you see some, to me, legitimacy to it. Not that nobody else is legitimate, but this is one of the top guys. Now the U.S. championship now means something. Yeah, and and just, I mean, just to state what I thought, not only was he that, he was the the, uh, WWF champion before this. So this this is really the year before 2000 was a really big year for Kurt Angle. Which was crazy because uh, I don't even think he. Tra- what, what's how long did they say he trained? Not even a year, didn't he? Oh yeah, he. But in a year, he was yeah, he was moving up. The, within a year, he's like the champion, which is pretty telling. Uh, and it's not because it's not because uh, he was some well-known Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, but he's not some celebrity champion that comes in. He was just that damn good in the ring too. Man, you t- t- we'll talk about Kurt Angle so many different times, but. To me, one of my favorites. It's just crazy to, and I and it's it's for me. There's a lot of fans that are just WWF fans or WWE fans, and his work and Impact Wrestling that went on longer than his first reign WWE was incredible. Stuff he did with Samoa Joe, Sting, just it was all. Uh, so I'm sure there's a there's an argument, not an argument, a debate on where his best work was done, right? And some people say it was his TNA, right? And then. The like you said, the the loyalist WWE fans say no, that was his best work. But a, a, I think a, a wrestling fan of Kurt Angle would say, well, I don't know. But if we will get into the invasion, we actually recorded once, but we back. It's something that I really want to go into. It'll be a very long. This one's been four parter. I imagine it will be at least two. But this it cool. gets over talked about, so kind of waiting to freshen it up a little bit. But nevertheless, okay. his his work in the invasion storyline was incredible it was stone cold steve austin vince mcmahon that was it's just kurt angle's ability to play any sort of character also he can be a tough bad guy a dumb bad guy but you know heel. he can be an olympic gold medalist hero he's just good enough to do it all and he's not afraid to do make himself look like a fool he's not afraid to do anything really it's it and to me it goes a little bit back to like I, I said briefly, how I think Regal affected Tajiri's comedic side. Well, how are you not going to sit down next to Stone Cold, who's as serious as the day is long, yeah. and not be goofy to begin with, just to try to you know get him to go? And having a front seat to that and being in a lot of those uh, vignettes and things, it was hysterical to watch. Um, yeah, but I don't even know if Kurt thought he could do things like that until he did it. Uh, 
you know, and again, you said it, we'll talk about him, but yeah, it was amazing to watch Kurt transform from, from one version of angle to the next version, to the next version and talented. Yeah, definitely one of the best ever. We can say that about so many people, but Kurt Angle deserves yeah. it. So one of yeah. my favorites, obviously, that you get in being born in 1986, you add on 15 years of that. I'm in high school, the invasion's happening, et cetera. Kurt Angle was a huge part of that. So for me, yes, fandom being attitude, era, and, and post, fandom height. This, to me, was there was so much going on, like you said, Every show had so much packed into two hours, and he was always a part of it. So, and it's cool that he's also a part of this championship that we've talked about for the last couple episodes. No, I just, you know, we talked about the list um, starting back in the NWA and, and everything, the list of names. And you, now you start to see that list grow, you know, with those popular names, the bigger stars and things like that. So it's really cool. And there's a lot of stars that hold this title. I mean, we're there. I mean, I'll, I'll move on, and, and it'll just be an example. After 20, 21 days, Kurt Angle having the title, Edge is the next champion on November twelfth, two thousand one, on Monday Night Raw in Massachusetts, Boston, Massachusetts. Edge, man. So, to my point, this title not only is it touched, and these are guys are all Hall of Fame legendary now, but generations and so many generations that we've gone through of different Hall of Famers and people that have had such an impact in the industry. Edge is another example of that. Obviously, I'm glad he was recovered from your uh, moonsault by now. <laughs> yeah, it took him a couple weeks, but he got through it. Yeah, now now everybody, again, everybody's important. He's touched it, but now it's got that Hall of Fame rub on it. I mean, the, you know, the, the, caliber, the caliber of talent, while there's an overflowing locker full of talent it seems like now and that was the wwe way you knew if you had that that title or that championship whatever everybody wants to call it that belt that strap that you were being thought of and you were producing and now they're going to find to your point with all the bodies and people we had they're going to find time to get these guys and and women these guys on the shows and at two hours with 200 plus talent every night in the locker room that you're you're special. This was a special time period for Edge. Uh, I don't want to say a rocket was put on him all the way, but during this transition to the purchase of the combined into the company, Edge was already had some, had some momentum going. So did some others, like like Billy Gunn had a little bit, and it died off. But Edge's momentum carries through basically in the end. Ultimately, this is another stepping stone for Edge in a decorated Hall of Fame career. So. Actually, what happens with the championship now is they come up with a scenario where they're going to unify the titles, correct? So Edge defeats Intercontinental Champion Tests in a a title unification match. Edge becomes the Intercontinental Champion, and then the United States Championship is deactivated in May 2022. So this is an end of this title for a few years, and and it's there were (laughs) it was like watching um, AEW. There were so many damn titles going around here and back what back then the way things were booked there was a lot of moving pieces constantly the titles were changing constantly so this just seems like a title that got put on the back burner because there was so much going on now with the increased talent and and obviously the increased titles that came from combining the companies yeah yeah and then the the creative side got tougher as well because now you're 
you're going to have to create content for another title with these, this again, goes back to this caliber of, of talent now that we're talking about. So I think it was the lesser of two evils. Okay. Like you said, retire that one. We're going to keep our title, our title or the United States. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I understand that they kept enough of WCW for a certain amount of time. And then it was just slowly retired. It, it were like let's let's make it be known we're in the WWE now, but it does make a comeback, and, and I like I was like I was saying I I think this this shelving the title for a while put it on the shelf was was good for the title because didn't have anything for it this thing had been passed around and maybe it's time to reevaluate it and it comes back out and July twenty seventh two thousand and three the title was reactivated as as the WWE United States Championship, as the exclusive title of SmackDown. And, and what happens here is we're going to have separate television. So w- what WWE has done after the WCW-ECW tide plays its course, we're going to split the rosters up and have exclusive content, exclusive titles, exclusive people on these shows. I guess as an attempt to kind of, and it worked for a while, to regenerate some sort of, odd competitive edge against each other and it's hard when you just killed off all the competition but then you've got to generate competition from within and the united states title then becomes a part of this well now now both shows have championships and you're right yeah intercontinental's on raw yep yeah you had to create that like we're against them kind of thing which led us to the current day draft stuff that even back then we didn't stick to exclusive brands it just doesn't work it just doesn't work but that's another one we'll we'll get into that as well but yeah now now the u.s title which to your point now there's a resurgence right and now okay this title is going to mean something for us on, on spectrum the next champions we go over for quite the next few minutes bill are very impressive for this championship a new generation a new time for the championship and you'll be quite impressed here as i start to bring these all back up to your memory so Eddie Guerrero defeats Chris Benoit in a tournament finals to rev- the Revive Championship. Eddie Guerrero is the first championship as this title, the first champion with this championship being reactivated. He wins it at Vengeance in Denver, Colorado on July 27th, 2003. Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit. Where, where do you want to go? Where, t- just tell me where you want to go, and I'll take you there uh, for the next eight months of this show. It, 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 you you put it on. It's I, I equated to the same thing as Booker coming in as WCW champion. Well, if you want it to mean something, you put it on the guy that's going to take you there. I mean, Eddie came in before all of you with, uh, ben, of course, the Radicals, right? I mean, it's well documented. Yep. It's a yep. pretty neat thing what they're able to do when you think about it. Some could look at that like, hey, he's kind of, he was a WCW guy, right? Like it's... He's he's the conditions the the legacy's kind of living on here and it continues to here with that championship. Go ahead with what you're going to say. My apologies. Uh, uh, bring it back to the time when Eddie said he knew he was in the right place was the night um, <clears throat> I forget who he was against. Excuse me, but the night he blew out his elbow on the frog splash, mm. and he was in the hospital. And Vince and Stephanie and Shane showed up at the hospital in person. That's when he knew he was home. As him and I were talking, he goes, "So I don't think anybody considered." Naturally, we did, but I don't think the fans or anybody else, as far as they were concerned, I think Eddie was a WWE guy. From the from the radicals on forward, Eddie became Eddie. That's where Eddie belonged. You know what I mean? 
that's where he belonged. Now he's going to carry this thing. Like I said, we can we can talk about him and and the radicals and all the guys. We will, but if we talk about Eddie now, we'll never. <laughs> yeah, if we talk say, about Eddie long enough, I'll be back to the United States champion. I love that. Uh, no, I do think that you're right. We could talk about Eddie Guerrero all day. Another guy that just lived, breathed, and just everything wrestling. How much, how serious he took it. You talk about respect a lot, and you're known as a guy that talks about respect a lot. Talk about a guy that had respect for the industry. You, you're talking about him and Chris Benoit here going at it. I can't think of too many more people that have as much respect as they do. And commanded that everyone else around them have the same respect. <laughs> yeah. Not the biggest guys, but damn, big guys. It's a great fight. Yeah. And just Eddie Guerrero, really, people like Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio brought this different style of wrestling to the main stage here in the United States. Yeah. And, and you know, I think Eddie, because Eddie was bigger than Ray, Eddie wasn't considered, you know, Eddie wasn't considered a lucha guy. Eddie was a just a big man who could move. And But that's the way he carried himself. In reality, Eddie was a lucha guy, right? You said it. Him and Ray and what they brought and what they did. But the way Eddie carried himself, he was the same size as JBL. He he walked like a big man. He talked like a big man. Yeah, pure greatness. Speaking of lucha, after an 84-day title reign, the big show is the next championship on October 19th. I can't say that without even laughing. At No Mercy in 2003 in Baltimore, Maryland. Speaking of lucha, you like that? Yeah, because his... uh, is it? I wonder what it'd be. Would it be a six six one one nine nine? I I don't know, but I, I didn't see him go to the top rope in WCW a lot and throw the drop kick. Yeah, talk about an impressive large man. Forget it, athletic yeah. man. And Paul Paul's one of the best. Yeah, but you know, there you go. If you're going to beat Eddie, beat him with the biggest guy in the company. Literally, Big Show has such an amazing career. And my gosh, how many times did, was he flipped between heel and babyface? How many times did he cry? How many times did he get mad? They did a lot with the big show. He Another versatile, versatile cat. And I go back to when he started. I don't think he ever saw himself being funny or entertaining. He was always a big, impressive looking, like had this way about him. And to me, he was the, just right there with the way Kurt did things. And, you know, like you said it. He's laughing, he's crying, people hate him, people love him, he's shaking hands, he's smacking heads and put it on him. And now when you, I, I I feel like now as this, we're talking about this progression, now it's back to being meaningful for people who have it, right? We, I said two, two men ago that look at the caliber of men and now they're, they're still pushing Paul and they're still, you know, as, as they're trying to figure everybody out, now that U.S. championship to me now is saying, okay, this is going to make you, this is going to make you instead of the other way around. Yeah. I just, I, I just think of all the different storylines he's done and all the dis- different, they really, he's good enough to live through this, the, the craziest booking ever of taking this massive giant and making him look as vulnerable and weak as possible. But yet he still comes through this. I don't know how many people could do that. It weren't, weren't as damn good as he is. One of my favorite moments are, he was, this was when Daniel Bryan first won the heavyweight championship this time period. And he was with AJ Lee. Somehow Big Show ran into her accidentally. And Daniel Bryan's yelling at him. He says something like, 
She's a hundred pounds. You're a five hundred pound man. You're a bastard. Or you're, whatever he said, you know. And Big Show's just sitting there, tears in his eyes, devastated that he hurt AJ Lee. The guy uh, should probably have more of a career in acting and movies. Yeah. Because and he he's could play so one, many different he, emotions. He, yeah. He's talented and Paul's a, a really good guy. It was really cool watching him because I came into WCW just shortly after he did and just to watch his progression over the years and, and become this legitimate superstar. Do you think he gets enough credit? No. No, no, no. I don't think he gets enough credit. I think early on he was a kid and he was sucked into the top spots and, you know, so he his education was living the life of a top guy, right? And and all those things. But he paid attention, man. And he and he has no problem telling you the times he got in trouble. And they they sent him to Louisville and they sent him somewhere to lose the chip on your shoulder and get better and be be the person we want you to be. And he did. And he continued to do that. And I'm not sure we've seen the last of him. I'm I'm sure he's always got something cooking, but uh yeah, highly underrated as over as he was. And I know he, the living he makes and, you know, everybody says, no, he's a this, that, that. Highly underrated. Is there a better big man than him after Andre? Really? No, I don't believe so. No, no, not. There's a difference between big men and giants. And Giant, the yeah. answers. That's what I meant, I guess. But no, I, I, I agree. It's crazy to me. I actually never thought I'd see him be out of WWE and AEW. That was a shocker. The two shoppers. I think he me. wanted to keep going, didn't he? He didn't want to. Yeah. He thought he had a little more to give. Yeah. And I don't think they wanted to give him that position, much like my buddy Mark Henry, right? Who wanted to do more, but they didn't see him in the role that he, he would like to do. Those were the two guys to me that I never thought would not retire as WWE superstars. Those two guys, everybody else, I'm like, I see it, or, you know, it kind of figured it out, or called it beforehand. And good, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, you know, you could see it. Not, I didn't see it with Show and uh, Mark Henry. The two guys are really shocked. And shame on, I'll say this, shame on them for letting those two go. WrestleMania goes Hollywood on the 20th. I think that was WrestleMania Hollywood. March 14, 2004, WrestleMania 20. John Cena is the next champion. This was in Madison Square Garden in New York. Coming off of a 147-day Big Show title reign, John Cena is really picking up momentum now. And here it comes, right? Then, and that's what I was just saying. You knew the guys that were getting the rub now, they got to be champions. And Cena's just on the, on the doorsteps of what he's, <laughs> he's going to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. This is another stepping stone as of like it was with Edge, um, many others, but throughout the long reign of this title. But yeah, man, John Cena, one of the best ever, the champion now and him at Big Show. I remember that series of matches they did together. And what a cool WrestleMania moment for John Cena to win this championship and beat the Big Show. Yeah. And it again, now you're now you're back. I don't think we remember a time when there wasn't a U.S. championship, right? You kind of forget all that and go, wow, this is, yeah. this is cool. Like I said, to me, it was good to shell, put it on the shelf for a few years. And it's back now, and it's a major part of things on, on SmackDown. Yeah. So, yeah. The title is vacated. Kurt Angle, the acting general manager, then strips John Cena the championship on July 6th. So it's after 114 days with the title. Then on July 27th, 2004, Booker T is the next champion on SmackDown. There was an eight-man elimination match. Also involved John Cena, Rene Dupree, 
Kenzo Suzuki, Roger Van Dam, Billy Gunn, Charlie Haas, and Luther Reigns. So this is when Booker T wins this elimination match, and he is then he is once again the United States champion. And that makes him top dog on yeah. SmackDown, right? Yeah. Really hard for me to watch elimination matches, but this one, I'll have to go back to see how Dave Meltzer rated it, but it's got a lot of people in it, that's for sure, that are either on the, they, they just missed the mark, you know, like Renee Dupree, uh, and then you also have these other people that we mentioned on it that kind of broke through that the glass ceiling, per se. Yeah. And yeah. elimination match, eight people, a lot going on there. But Booker T, you can't go wrong there. And where they go after that is John Cena. A couple months later, 68 days later, and no mercy, John Cena will get the title on October 3rd. This was the fifth match of the best of five series between the two. So, yeah, this storyline played out over a couple months, got a, several matches out of it, and John Cena is once again the champion. And we'll quickly segue to a storyline that has started around that time with Carlito. A lot going on during this. John Cena is stabbed by, I don't remember his name now. Anyways, Carlito's guy stabbed John Cena. You remember this whole storyline probably. Oh, uh, yeah, because he was a, a yeah, he was an OVW kid. Um, geez, I can't remember his name, but I, I gotcha. I can't remember his Aaron, name either. Aaron, Aaron, uh, his first name was Aaron. Not a, That wasn't his wrestling name, but his first name was Aaron. But back to the point of Carlito. Talk about a guy from a decorated wrestling family. Yeah. And I keep hearing all these rumors he's going to be back any day now. WWE. How cool would that be to him get one more run? Well, I saw that. Someone said he, he's been signed for a while. or But I think that mm-hmm. was said last time we saw him. So I, you never know where it's coming from. And, and I'm, I'm a big believer in if it's out there so fast, half the time it's not true. So I'm just going to wait to see if he, if he shows up. Would um, you like to see him have one more run, though? I think if it was if it's the right run, I'd like to see him have one more run. I I I don't know if I'd necessarily want to see him come in and just become part of the. I don't want to say part of the show. You know what I mean? I don't want like I hope he does. I mean, get back in and and back with the company. But I'd like to see him have one more solid run. And he to me he could be one of the guys that is in for a couple months, out for a couple months, things like that, and still bring you know, credibility to what he's doing. But I'd like to see him have one more good run before they figure out what they're going to do with him. Make some money along the way. Yeah, heck yeah. Heck yeah. He's been out of the WWE scene full time for so long now. Such a talented guy. And I've watched some of his work lately. Physically, first of all, he's on a whole other level than he used to be. But I think it would be cool for people to see how he's developed. Another example of that is Chris Masters. Uh, yeah, Chris Adonis, really well-rounded wrestler now in the NWA. Carlito's done obviously so much too, but I think it would be cool for people to just to see how much better he even is than he was then. And he actually was a part of a lot of storylines during his initial run there in WWE. Yeah, again, another another good guy. Um, whatever the circumstances are, you you start to see who, if that's what you want to do, and if it was just one of those things you tried, and and masters. You know, along with uh, Carlito, who, you know, it's in his DNA. But those guys go out and learn from what they had the first time. You know what I mean? They're very yeah. good friends. Uh, I do talk yeah, with they travel. Chris. I've run into him a couple of uh, seminars. Yeah. Yeah, close. And it's cool to see them uh, 
And it's just once you get out of that WWE scene, you can really round your game even more. And we see that all the time. Drew McIntyre, Cody Rhodes, and, and these kind of guys are still in the process of doing the same thing. So I certainly think that would be cool. I don't, I don't need to see him in the LWO, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't want to see him just uh, thrown into the brutes, or like to your point of the LW. I don't want to see that. I want to see him get a, a good introduction, a good run out of it, and really not only elevate some other, you know, some other talent that are there, but bring himself right back to where he left off. Forty-two day title reign. Obviously, John Cena is going to win the title back on SmackDown on November sixteenth. But this is the end time period of that storyline that he had with John Cena. Kind of an odd storyline, but you think they would have that today in WWE where somebody got stabbed? No. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> it's about as edgy as it gets. I was That's over to... edgy. That, that, that was uh, edgy then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see that happening at all. No. It'd have to be a different way now. Definitely adding some real-life tension, I guess, possibly. Because something like that happened in real life would be very impactful. John Cena holds the title for 105 days. Orlando Jordan is the next champion. And uh, this is on SmackDown on March 1st, 2005, Albany, New York. So I'm reading a lot of notes about this. The title reign always varies a few days, right, because of the television taping of SmackDown back then versus the release of it. But Orlando Jordan really through and you'll continue we'll talk about him again the cabinet jbl really having him as a coming up in the mid card for this championship here yeah i think it, you know it goes back to uh ovw was producing a lot of talent that had been there for uh you know had been a little seasoned in the developmental system and okay let's see what they got and orlando had the look he had the athleticism and i think it was you know it was time to see what what he could do i think he benefited from JBL. Don't believe his singles run or, you know, character or anything could stand alone, respectfully. But I think he benefited from that. And I think it was an opportunity to see. And, and that's a big thing that WWE, uh, okay, let's give it to this kid. Let's see what he's got. What's he going to do with it? And it's not uncommon to use these belts, these championships in storylines in, in regards to factions, right? We've talked about the flock. We've talked about several different scenarios, even yourself. So this is just where the title's fitting into the storyline here. And you got to do something with the title. This is the thought mindset, I guess. And you're already in the yeah. middle of the storyline. So yeah, I, I guess what's like you said, we'll put it on this kid and then and, and see what happens. But I'll, feel, I'll try to add some more, make the, I try to think of the word to use to make the faction more, trying to kind of build the realness of this, them actually being a force to deal with. You, oh, yeah, you, you yeah, add a yeah. title to the picture. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Going back to the timeline here, apparently he does some acting now, which is interesting. Didn't know that. After 173 days, which is quite a long time, honestly, a Bill. A long time. And to your point, the faction had a lot to do with it. Absolutely. And, and John Cena, obviously, storylines crossed over from the Carlito to this, then now it just kind of carried across. So Crispin was the next champion on August 21st, 2005 on SmackDown. This was definitely a, a frequently defended title, not only on the pay-per-view, but on SmackDown. SmackDown did some decent things around this time. And yeah, Crispin was got the title, man. 
Yeah, you're you're like you said, you're giving it to. They didn't have more than one. By they, I mean Benoit and Orlando Jordan, right? He beat him the first time. They didn't have a series, right? I don't. Th- I don't think so. No. Yeah, and I think there was kind of the <clears throat> the meaning. Not that it was a bad way, but the meaning behind it. If it wasn't a series or something like that, it was just time to move on from what they were doing. What it does is. Actually, that when this title goes to Chris Benoit, it does become become part of a series of matches. And who that series with is Booker T. So Booker T is the next champion after 58 days. He holds the title for 35 days. Then it's vacated shortly after in England because of a Chris Benoit and Booker T had this title defense and ended a double pinfall. So the title is vacated then for Booker T to win the title on January 10th, 2006. He faced Chris Benoit in the best of seven series, winning the first three matches. Randy Orton substituted for Booker T after that due to an injury, losing the next three matches, but winning the final match for the vacated title when Booker has that comeback. So, no, to your point, it actually it does segue to a series here of matches. And I think that was just smart, smart booking. Yeah, yeah, to get it involved in a best of se- like several very good matches, obviously. Chris Benoit picks up the title again in February 15th after Booker had on January 10th. So kind of putting an an end to that for now. But yet several months out of this storyline of these guys competing, these guys being Chris Benoit, Booker T. Yeah, they they had great chemistry. That series is always one of the series that are talked about and like the best series of all time. Two two intense intense competitors. Uh, They brought the best out in each other physically um really really good and this is the time when this this title means more now at that time than it has because look at the players and right now we're back to that same kind of four name circle that we had yeah. 30 years earlier right so now it's now it's getting now it's getting cool again right now it's getting interesting and and the title now when you see it it's not like ho-hum it's like okay what where are we going what are we going to get now Chris Benoit, obviously, on a whole other level. But notably here, Booker T continues to develop and get better and better. We'll, we'll take a 10-week tour around Booker, Booker's uh, career. He just, you saw it happening in WCW. You saw, if you were paying attention, you saw it happen. And when he, there were certain guys and uh, of us, guys and girls from WCW, who truly when they got the ball, they took it and ran with it and were not going to get stopped. Booker, Booker is at the head of the list. Like I said, he, he comes in as, as, as we know, the really the main guy during this invasion, in my opinion, and just does a great job with it and really finds his own place here. And he, and he continued to be a significant player his entire time there. Yeah. So Chris Benoit, after that, wins that at No Way Out, like we just talked about. He has the title for 42 days. Then John Bradshaw Layfield is the champion at WrestleMania 22, April 2nd, 2006. Another physical matchup that's unbelievable. And yeah. like I said, it's it's time because now John, <clears throat> now the fact that faction's over, right? And John, this is when he becomes, of all the things he's done in his career, this is the beginning of that JBL era. I think it was a little bit before, but yeah, he he's yeah he's continuing on here as JBL. Yeah, and man, just talk about. I'm sure he had to be a part of pitching that character, right? Like, just let me be, just let me be more of who I am. 
I know he's a big, rough redneck too, but man, he had a whole lot more to offer besides of that. Hey, one of yeah. my favorites, honestly, uh, I've been very vocal about it, and I'm trying to think, of, I heard on a podcast recently, I don't want to say the wrong one, so I won't say who, I guess, but like we've talked about before, I think such a significant part of making, not I don't want to say making, because John Cena would have done amazing anyway, but yep. John Cena overcoming that hump and winning that the main title, the big title, from uh, the WWE title from him was huge. And I think JBL plays a huge part of that. And he did a lot of great work with this JBL character when he was given the opportunity to, or earned the opportunity to, should I say. He wasn't given anything. Yeah, and it, but it goes to show you the the right the progression because the APA you saw the you saw the ass kicking, you know, funny guys, the ass kicking, and then JBL, you saw the businessman, right? You saw, but I think that's the evolution of it is because John is one of the best businessmen that have come out of the WWE, you know, WWE, um, and if you know him, right, they always say just. 10% over the top of who you really are is where you'll find your comfort zone. Great character. I love that character on, on WWE television. We'll, we'll probably do a deep dive into JBL. Cause I, I will admit he's one of my favorites one day, but awesome to see him have the title here. Holds the title for 51 days. Bobby Lashley picks up the title on SmackDown on April 23rd, 2006. Another guy still going at it here, man. Bobby Lashley. Looks the exact same as it did then. What an incredible force. And I'm so glad he's got to come back and have this run in the company and get that title a couple more times. Yeah. Sit yeah, right in, good. didn't he? Yeah. You knew you knew when he was started out in Louisville and and he had he had he was something special. And there's another guy we talked about who left and came back. Not not at this point, but Yeah. He does last he's an up and comer, right? You know, he comes back way later and he's held the title. How many times? Yeah. But As he's, late- he's that, he was that guy in OVW. Hey, we got to run with this kid and see what he's got. So what do we do? He defeats JBL. Do you like him as a heel more? Cause I do. Bobby. I like Bobby right now. What he's doing. He's not a heel per se, but he's just, he's kind of swarmy, right? He's kind of. He's got an agenda. He's not. I like this this version of what he's done. Yeah. Bobby, no, definitely a very talented guy. Probably doesn't get talked about as enough as he should either, honestly. Yeah. Speaking of it doesn't get talked about as much as he should, Finley's the next champion after a 49-day reign of Bobby Lashley, July 11, 2006, in SmackDown. Man, talk to me about Finley. Well, he, he, as far as I'm concerned, if he wanted to hold the title still to this day from that time, no one's going to fight him over it. Finley's... Finley's the real deal. And by the real deal is, talk about a wrestling encyclopedia. Talk about body manipulation. And and you want to talk about making something real? Finley's your guy. And Finley could work any style with anyone. And Finley could make the biggest man in the world cry. He's an unbelievable now resource to the people he's working with. What a what a complete former, just across the board. I don't want to speak with incorrect age here, but Finley's near 40, 45 years old when he has this WWE run. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of people, if you're just a casual wrestling fan, you didn't know him or what he's capable of or what he's accomplished in the wrestling overall. 
So this is really cool this time period. See Dave Finley on this stage in these moments. Definitely a decorated career and a huge part of the women's revolution. I mean, the training a lot of the women that we see today that have really broke through the glass ceiling. Yeah. And Fit has a way of, of, of getting his students' attention. Yeah, you're a trainer. Talk to us about that for a minute. But well, he's just he's just direct. But he, you know, the thing is he he's he's also a dad. And he's also a husband, right? So uh and it's gonna sound funny, I don't mean it to be funny, but he knows how to deal with women. Like you're married, you better know how to deal with your woman and, and the the correct way to talk to people and, and show them things and at the same time let them know like you're here for a reason. Fit had that just a natural a natural um progression to what he did. Um and so Fit's another guy. Um if you don't know him and know what he's done, highly underrated because I don't think he got his due in WCW, but he was there because he was a pro and when he came over, I think he was more worried about not getting to be a character first. We all knew that he was destined to be an office guy, at least in our opinion, you know, the people that knew him. Highly underrated. I think people, people, he, he'll never get, nor will he ever want the credit he deserves, but he doesn't get enough credit uh, that he deserves in my opinion. And you hear William Regal talk about him and a lot of other people like yourself, just such a talent that uh, he, he just, and people will never, most people will never understand how great he is. Another deviously funny man. Really now? I oh can see that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, so August 29, 2006, the next champion is Mr. Kennedy. It was a triple threat match with Bobby Lashley also in the picture. This is his first reign as this champion, and he was on fire around then. Here's the guy. He could talk. He had a gift. Looked good. Moved good. Let's see what you got. I've talked with him uh, online a little bit, too. And I'm not going to lie to you. Back in the day, I had a T-shirt. The T-shirt with the mic coming out and the hand, the blue on it. He really made the best of that character. Yeah, for sure. It was great. I thought it was a great character. It was. And that terrible went in the money in the bank and... Cash and, and, and never got a chance to cash it in because they thought he was hurt worse than he was. So he dropped it to edge. Turns out his injury only needed a month to heal or whatever, two months or two, not eight months. Just really got unlucky there with that. But this is the time period. Ken, uh, Ken Anderson's picking up momentum like crazy. And, and a guy, another guy, for whatever reason, you can hear a lot of different stories about his WWE departure uh, that goes to TNA and has a and you got to think about some of the talent they had in TNA. It's astonishing. And he goes on and just does great stuff. And to this day, he's doing great stuff. I actually watch a lot of, because he puts the training up that he does online at his school. And it's great stuff. And it seems like he's really able to share what he's gained over the years with the new generation of wrestlers that he's training. Like like we talk about, there's, you know, in, in the WWE, he's a great character. He started to build some momentum. Things happen. Next thing you know, you know, moving on, right? But there he is. And then much like we were talking about Kurt, some of some of Ken's stuff, best stuff was in TNA and and you know, doing that. And I and I've seen, I think it was one podcast or something as he was talking about his training and stuff. My interactions, I thought he's a great character, good guy, ton of potential as it was building. So I'm glad to see that he's doing well and 
And it's funny that the lessons we learn that people don't think when you're really paying attention. And he's and he's a good trainer. He's he's doing you know he's doing good work. And I, I'm not gonna lie, one of my favorites back then during this time period was my favorite. You know how you latch on to a guy for a couple of years uh, when you're a fan. It and Ken Anderson was was the guy that I latched on to. I enjoyed everything that he was doing then. I wish he could have done just a tad bit more with the company, but like I said, everything worked out for him well. Okay, so after 42 days, Chris Benoit once again becomes the champion on October 10th, 2006. We'll talk about a go-to guy here. The story of Chris Benoit's uh, wrestling career, was it not? Yeah, just, okay, it's time to light a fire under something. Benoit's up. He Everything was more... Talk about a utility player. Yeah, we need we need this to happen. Who do you got? Doesn't matter. Where's Benoit? He's been a part of several, so many transitional times with a with a title. It's remarkable. It's like uh, it's just our go to guy to get go to something new, and it always adds credibility to anything he was ever involved in. Yeah, that and that was the thing. Like you, you weren't going ah. I'm not really into what this one's going to be. It didn't matter what it was. So now it's now it's title defenses. It means that much more. The next champion after, and this is a 222-day reign, Bill, Chris Benoit had. Well, that hasn't been that way for, golly, I'd scroll up through my notes. It's been a long time, though. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Chris Benoit holds the title for 222 days, and the next champion is a guy they were really – Building up during this time period on May 20th at Judgment Day, there's a best of three falls match, and MVP is the next champion. This yep. is another person that they were really working and it got on the radar. Red, red hot coming out of Deep South Wrestling has the gift of gab. He can talk. He the the confidence level. I remember as uh MVP was getting ready for this. In, in Atlanta, he he was so much more worried about this guy, Benoit, was his guy. This is the guy he looked up to. This is the guy he tried to emulate his moves from and all these things, and now he got to work with them. So if you don't think that something means something to, the, you know, to, to uh, performers, you're wrong. There's a lot that goes into that. And this was, I remember this. Did he, did he achieve as much as he could have? No, but yet he's achieved a lot. But I don't think that, but that's it. Like, because if you look at it at face value, what a great career. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with his career. He he did great. He was, he, he produced, but if you know him and know what he's capable of, and I think that that's a lot for, goes for a lot of people, but even backstage and behind the scenes, there's some people who know what they can get out of someone. And there's just not the opportunity for whatever reason. It seemed like at this time, for me, my opinion only, at this time, just as things were going, they were swept to the side and started something else. So I, I, I've heard a lot of times say, well, they want to they want to make sure they have enough stars in in you know in the bank. You know what I mean? So everybody means something. But to me, you were taking guys and, and gals and they were getting, and I'm talking about Anderson, right? We're talking about these guys, and for whatever reason, an injury or w- whatever the case is, it's let's move on. 
But MVP was red hot here at the time. He was, I think, bringing back that 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 total package of a guy who can work and talk and look the part and all these things and had knowledge and he wasn't he to me he wasn't necessarily cutting up promos. It was him talking. It was him being himself and so uh, yeah, he came in like a ball of fire. One thing he did cut here was a 343-day title reign, which is hell of impressive. Yeah. Matt Hardy's the next champion at Backlash 2008, Matt Hardy, version one. Remember that? Yep. Shannon Moore. Then ECW brand is the exclusive home of this championship. Okay, so Matt Hardy has a 54-day reign. Shelton Benjamin's the next championship. He gets the next champion. He gets that title at the Great American Bash July 20th. 2008, and this is when the titles returned back to SmackDown. 240-day title reign for Shelton Benjamin. Talk about another OVW success story and a freak athlete. There's not a better athlete. I'd have to be in the locker room to say even now, but Shelton was it. Shelton was the, like, everybody talks about how, how unbelievably strong Brock was. Well, who was Brock's? sparring partner and grappling partner and the only guy who could beat Brock was Shelton Benjamin. The guy was super fast, super athletic, super intelligent, and just phenomenal athlete. I'm glad he's got to come back and have another run to make some more money, show off, and, and just introduce new people to Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, it's, it's it goes back to like that Carlito thing though, right? I, I because you know what these guys are so capable of and their the legacy they're going to leave on the business i i i don't think this last time that he came back we got Shelton Benjamin you know we got safe leader valuable to the young guys show people the way Shelton Benjamin we didn't get Shelton Benjamin um sometimes you just want to see a guy break out and do his do his thing man just do his thing. It's, it's, I hope we see it. To your point, I hope we see it. I thought we were going to knock this all out of one episode. I don't think we are. Uh, <laughs> that just goes, but I'm fine with that. But that just goes to show you that uh, the people, we talked about how glorious this title has been in the history of wrestling. These people are still really freaking good. And it, it's, it's so many, so much glory still with the hands that are on this title. It's incredible. Yeah, it's just blowing my mind here. You, know, you think this is going to be something so dang quick? It doesn't have to be, right? Uh, no, it doesn't. I'll yeah, go ahead. Because and, we get to, yeah. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. We, we get to we get to branch off and go. You know, well, let's talk about this for a minute because you can't help it because it's part of the the U.S. title history, right? This is these are the things that happened because of it, or or didn't happen because of it. So. Yeah, I think it's easy if we went down the list and go, okay, give me two, you know, word association with each person and move on. But I love that we're diving into this thing and it keeps branching off. And I I hope everybody's enjoying that part of it. Okay, so this became exclusive to, so a year later, 2009, this becomes exclusive to the Raw brand following the draft. MVP is the champion after a 240-day Sheldon Benjamin title reign. So significant title reigns for the last several years years with a lot of different individuals not just a few select individuals is what I meant to say so MVP's back with the title for 76 days and then the next champion is Kofi Kingston 2009 on June 1st on Raw 
fellow Deep South member. Was this, Kofi, was this Jamaican accent, Kofi? Or it, I, don't, I don't remember. Yes, I'll have to go back. This was still, I think this was still Jamaican accent. How silly is that? But how great is he? When he first came to Deep South, he tried to pull that damn accent. And I'm sitting there listening. I'm going, is that for real? And he's like, he answers me in plain English. He goes, of course it's for real. What do you think? I'm like, you sucker. But that's how he got his job. They thought he was Jamaican because he talked like that when Dean Malenko and those guys saw him. So he, he he came in like that. But there's two. My my point of bragging on Deep South was there. there's MVP and Kofi Kingston. Two guys that uh, trained together, lived together in Atlanta, did all their thing, uh, going through the same journey. And now now you're starting to see the rise of these 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 guys that are coming up. So special to see him winning the championship when he did. And he is part of the new day. The new day is going to be one of the greatest factions ever, man. It's it's going to go down as that. Yeah, Kofi I agree. Kingston's been around for quite a while with the company now. Fifteen years, sixteen years now. More than yeah, yeah, yep. Every bit of it. Eight oh, eighteen years it could be. He and he has been in so many different storyline matches, main event, non-main event. Just a guy that makes the best out of anything, even if this, any of the match and situations kind of crappy, he's got to make it good. And yeah, and he's he's in the wrestling history books forever, if only for once a year at the Royal Rumble. Yep, I think they finally put an end to that, forcing him to try to try to try to force this moment that's not really possible to force. But nevertheless, so many years of doing that incredible, having that incredible moment at the Royal Rumble. But to me, way beyond that, what he's accomplished. And it's cool, like you said, another Deep South guy here as we continue to, as as we see that. uh, The work's paying off at Deep South, and we will talk more about that one day. But let's go talk about our next champion. And it's The Miz on Raw on October 6, 2009. Kofi Kingston holds the title for. 126 days, and then we have The Miz, and I know that you are definitely on the bus of several of us saying that probably doesn't get enough credit and really a WWE guy. First-time hold, ballot hold favor. Yep. That's the biggest compliment I could ever pay a, a wrestler. And a true fan. Come on, we. This is one of those guys like we talked about. We're gonna branch out. Not only this was his, like this was a guy who could say this was his dream. Because this is you see the film, you and if you know his parents and you get to know Mike, this was his dream for as long as he can remember. He got on TV to try to be a wrestler. He was on another reality show, but wanting to be a wrestler. I mean, he he let the world. He introduced to the world to the future of of the business. I mean. The kid's golden, man, and his journey is like no other. It's it, it, He is golden, and he was introducing people to wrestling before that may not have even heard of it. And then we'll talk about the Tough Enough one day that he's a part of. But like you said, he's, he's wanting to be the Miz in WWE long before we even see him in WWE. And what he's accomplished going on 20 years is incredible. And another guy that they have used so much of him in and outside of the ring. He's done so much for the company. He's the go-to guy for so many different moments with whoever it may be. 
may it be a celebrity, may it be a main event match, may it be a title reign that's going to be transitional like he had with Bobby Lashley, and all that going back recently. A go-to guy for WWE for almost 20 years. Mike should be the the poster child for how to get it right. Because there should be trials and tribulations. Nothing should be just given to you or you shouldn't walk in expecting everything given to you. But you want to talk about a dream and a passion and the I'm going to show you who I am attitude. Uh, Yeah, Mike's the guy super proud of him, super happy for him and all his success in and out of the ring. He knew what he wanted and he knew what it was going to take to do it. And he went from someone that people thought were going to, was going to be gone in a week to holding every major title in the company, being the face of the company, the King media guy, uh, everything under the sun. And now he's paving the way for other, other, you know, other, I say kids because I'm an old guy, but other kids who are trying to come in the same way. And if they, if they, if there's ever a blueprint for it, the Miz is it. The Miz loses to, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, Bret Hart is, okay, the Bret Hart correction is the next champion, May 17th, 2010, and Raw. They did Raw in Toronto, and they had this moment where there was a no DQ, it was like a no count out match. Uh, obviously, Bret Hart's back in the company now after burying the hatchet with Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels and all that. And Vince McMahon, uh, excuse me, and Bret Hart has this cool moment in Canada. Man, it was a cool <laughs> moment. Yeah, it was a <laughs> it was a cool moment in Canada. It only lasted seven days, right? Because he, uh, uh. Bret Hart vacates it when he becomes a general manager, uh, but nevertheless, uh, he has he has the title for what's again here for a cup of coffee. Okay, but like like we said, there the names keep coming back. So the Miz holds it for over two hundred days, uh, and I guess that's a way to transition off of it. Try to put a little bit more on Bret Hart and his comeback here. And also highlight something in Canada. That's how I kind of. That's how I kind of look yeah, at it. Yeah, and that, it that's that was the thing. Okay, we're gonna. Miz has got some stuff coming up, and meh, we're in Canada. Man, I can't get over. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off, but I can't get over. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm trying to build it up here and act excited because I knew exactly how you're gonna react. I was trying to really sell this to you how great this moment is how big it is it just wasn't that big for the title let's let's not Man. lie no boy no sorry i cut you off i just can't get over that's that. okay i expected you to go off on a little bit more of a uh rant but it's the same rant you've gone down about 10 times with this title <laughs> so it wasn't even worth it it was better okay yeah so okay a week later it's off of him vacated he's the general manager our truth beats the miz for the vacated title in toledo ohio on may 24th 2010 on raw our truth man it's uh he never ages talk about finding your niche ronnie was with him when we first came to wwf um then whatever you know they parted ways for a little bit he went on and kept doing his thing 
most under goes he's in that group of most underrated people as a talent and a, a you know a performer but he found his uh you know uh little jimmy everybody should that find their so little great. jimmy that was amazing uh is he real he, he's got to be that funny in real life too oh hysterical little jimmy uh where's little billy at oh yeah little billy's a giant he's in the yeah, we'll get you. A, we'll get a T-shirt made with you, the little Billy next to you, like a stick figure. You'll be the tiny stick figure, and then little Billy will be the giant, and we'll make it. And we'll we'll buy one just for him to wear and make him wear it. We we took pictures at the Hall of Fame, and and I was standing opposite of him. And then the one time we took a picture together, and now my wife thinks that it's funny that everybody looks up to my son. He is taller than you now. We talked about that on the He's- last episode, I think. Yeah. He's taller than you. Yeah, he's got me now. <laughs> Little Billy's got you. Little Billy's just trying to make it into high school, but he's got you. <laughs> Anyways, uh, look, go back to our truth. You're right. Just very underappreciated, and he's done a lot, and I think it's probably one of those people that it's just beneficial him being around could go be a part of anything, really. Also was a part of several main events matches this particular time period so it's very fitting but it's only a 21 day reign and the Miz picks the title back up it was a fatal four-way match involving John Morrison and Zack Ryder also the Miz is the champion again uh 21 days later on June 14th 2010 but our truth it's cool just to know that he was a part of this title picture the history of this championship yeah yeah and anytime you wanted if you were drawing a blank creatively or if there was minutes that needed to be filled or somebody went under or whatever the case is, or if the crowd was dying, you didn't have to write anything. Just go tell Ronnie, go do your thing. Here's something. Talk about this. And he, those people would turn it up for him. Uh, he's just loved. The next champion is Daniel Bryan, September 19th, 2010, Night of Champions. Oh, talk about a great wrestler. Daniel Bryan also has had this title. So for yourself to be and many others, Daniel Bryan adding to that list just solidifies this title legacy even more. Yeah. It's this, this, and we've touched on it and we'll touch on it some more. And this championship really did meet a lot. Uh, I think at certain times it meant a lot for the fans and then it meant a lot to the performers because it really lifted a lot of us up and kind of mm-hmm. legitimized our position in whatever company we were in. And it did that from, from Harley race all the way up now to Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan's work in ring of water was always amazing to me. I know you didn't watch a whole lot of ring of honor back in the day, but I did. And I could tell you that stuff he did there was amazing. So when you see him come in NXT storyline into WWE and it really was worrisome that he was not going to be used or able to find his own way and fit into what was WWE and this is just the beginning of of greatness for Daniel Bryan and he continues to have amazing matches today he's hurt currently but really breaks through and defeats the odds because I think those around him, a lot of you guys knew how talented he was, 
but there was a lot of people that just for some reason didn't have Daniel Bryan in a main event status in their mind. Well, it goes back to it goes back to a couple of things, and I say that now because I've I've been a part of the system and run the system and understand the conversations now. Then I didn't understand it, but I understand them now. Is one, this is when we're sports entertainment at this time. Is he entertaining or is he just one of the best wrestlers in the world? Two, how does he hold up against the bigger guys? Now, if you don't, if you've never seen him in person, Daniel Bryan's not a small guy. I mean, he's the same size as the Miz and and Ryder and all these other guys and and things like that. But the thing that was wor- what people were worried about was the same thing with Claudio was Kenny talk and. Daniel Bryan was one of those guys who, who, there it is. Here, if that's the thing I need to do, then I'm going to be really good at it. And once they let him loose and he became entertaining and started talking, and people now that's the oh shit moment of this kid's the total package. This is the guy we've been watching the American Dragon. You're right. I wasn't an ROH guy, but I knew who he was mm-hmm. because he had people talking about him everywhere he went. So you had to. As, as one of the coaches, you had to follow up on him and see what he was doing. Um, but once he became, you know, doing all his things and let it loose and found that other side of himself, money, 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 money. And by the way, he's one of the best. They still, after all of his success at WWE, still didn't reach his potential fully what he could have. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the, the WrestleMania, first of all, Amazing that, that that the Triple H match. Then he goes on to the main event with Batista and Randy Orton in New Orleans. One of the be- better storylines for out of a decade in in the company. The whole just the whole storyline of the Authority telling him he wasn't good enough. He was a B plus player. Some of the better stuff that really came out of the company, like I just said, for ten years. But they still didn't utilize him as well as they could have. Yeah, uh, I think he was going to leave one way or another if he could have, just to do his own thing because he's the type of guy that just doesn't care and he wants to do his own thing. There's a lot of people like that, and you still see him continuing to do it today. But man, just still didn't get the most out of him. I hear this story all the time. I don't know if you've ever heard it, and I could be butchering it. It's like a plane flight or something, and Ezekiel Jackson is picking on, trying to pick on Daniel Bryan, and I think it was Regal that put Ezekiel Jackson in his place and told him that he had more talent on his pinky figure than Ezekiel Jackson did his whole body or something along those lines. I always thought that story was interesting. Yes. True story. The get the guy and he, he was, and talking about Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, whoever you want to address him, he would come to the PC when he was rehabbing and he would work with some of the kids and I, I would say to him, the, the, the one thing a, a wrestler never wants to hear is go, hey, when it's time, you're going to be a good coach. Which he already had been. Right. Ring of Honor, him, Austin Aries, CM Punk, Seth Rollins, they had already trained so many people that in each in, that we see today that we don't, that doesn't get talked about, right? Because they were training in Ring of Honor. But to your point, and I know exactly where you're going, just his mindset and his skill and the way he looks at wrestling, you could you could tell if he wanted to, if he wants to. He's the type of person that 
is not going to do anything for money, just solely for money or anything else. But yeah, it has so much to share. It's incredible. Sorry, I cut you off, but no, no, that, no, that's you're. But you're right. We can. He just has. He knows who he is. He knows what he can do and what he wants to do. And you're right. He he would up and leave everything to follow his heart. Follow his, like that's when a guy should say passion. That goes back to the word I don't like everybody using. Daniel Bryan has a passion for this business, and you see it still. How hard is it to stay true to yourself and do that, though? When you, Okay, Daniel Bryan could make decent money just doing whatever in WWE. What does it say about somebody that's willing to risk that, leave that platform, and do that? Is that, is that, is that I try to wrap your mind around it. And, and if you're in their shoes, Bill, you've been a professional wrestler. How, how hard is it to do something like that, to bet on yourself so much always? I think we all get in it betting on ourselves, but there's a different level to it. It's very hard for people to walk away from financial because we've seen in the history of this business where money's been put in front of people, give me this or I'm leaving. Well, you see the ones who leave because either someone else is going to give it to them or I'm willing to go somewhere else and do my craft that I'm really, really good at that I love doing, and before someone takes that love away from me, I'm going to move on. To me, that's Daniel Bryan. Like, he has a love for this. He has a, he, he's creative, he's smart, he's knowledgeable, he's all these things, but he's not done. He's so good, it's incredible. And just technically speaking, he just lives, breathe. you could tell he just, and for him to be on Total Divas, Total Bellas, and to see the whole other side of him that you hadn't seen before. But what it did was it solidified with how much wrestling means to him. And to see him have to go through all that, his injury on that show, which I know couldn't have been comfortable for him to have to be that vulnerable, but it just showed you how much he freaking loves it and how it was such a part of his life. And just like it is with a lot of you guys, what do you do when it's not there anymore? Yeah, you... Yeah. And I think that's a lot of problem, but it's a problem for a lot of, a lot of us, right? You, this is what you've done first. If you're fortunate, I don't know if there's any more 35 year, 40 year careers. These, the flare numbers are out of the, never going to happen again and all these things. But even at 10 years on top and running hard and what do I do now? How do I become a normal person? How do I not live just to travel, just to hotels, just like, and it's not glamorous. It's just, but go, go, go. And now you got to settle into a different kind of um, lifestyle. But um, he's a simple man too, but still. But that's it. He's a simple man and he has other interests and he has, he has a plan for him and his family. And, but I think he's got it to where that plan waits till he's done with what he's currently doing. We'll go ahead and end this episode with one more person here, and it's a sign- and it's a person to this day who continues to be a mainstay, go-to person. Sheamus is the next champion on March 14th, 2011 on Raw. This, the stipulation was he would have to quit the WWE if he did lose. Obviously, he didn't. Uh, title became an exclusive to SmackDown brand following the draft after this because it stayed with him. But to, I guess back to the point, Sheamus continues what is an amazing career well into his aged veteran, still 
able to peak. Uh, we talked about the amazing five-star match at WrestleMania. Uh, he had an incredible match, match of the year candidate last year. He's still kicking ass, man. And he's another guy who's just fit into the, you say the system a lot. He's just a guy that has fit into the system and adapted and stayed with it longer than really anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Watched him from the beginning. Was a fan. I think people need to learn and appreciate the wear and tear of your regular, I say regular performer, let's say me, regular performer. But when you're intense and you're physical and you're grinding, that wear and tear plays a lot on you. And Sheamus is in for the long haul. Now, Sheamus not only is vicious and this, and we know he's entertaining. Sheamus is another one of those media guys that people don't realize. He gets two hours sleep after driving, has to wake up to do TV all day to go uh, TV, media and stuff, and then go to the shows and do his thing. And to your point, at this point in his career, still performing at a high level, is another guy who took full advantage of the opportunity that was in front of him and has definitely capitalized on it and keeps reinventing himself to stay relevant. First ballot Hall of Famer. First ballot. I don't know if it's possible. How is it possible to say he's underrated, but it almost feels like to me he you might not realize how great he is if you just casually watch wrestling. I just said first about Hall of Famer, and I followed up with underrated. That's kind of silly, but I feel like a lot of people may not realize how good he actually is. And I, I, I assume he's another great locker room guy. Oh, yeah. Locker room leader. Started out the right way. Very, um, let's say, respectful. Whatever the word people want to use, he came in the right way. He learned his lessons uh, like we all did. But I, I want to go back to you saying he's underrated. I agree. For, he's had great runs, great matches, all these things. He's been in WrestleManias. He's been in all these all these things. But I think they missed the mark on reminding us all that Sheamus was a world heavyweight champion. Like every once in a while, I'd like to hear more of certain backgrounds at this point. You know what I mean? Like introduce, other than him being an ass kicker and this big, big guy with the red hair who can go with anybody and, and go for an hour and all these things, Remind the newer viewers and newer fans of who his lineage, you know, of what he's done in the company. So it means that much more, you know. AEW does occasionally do a better job at that. Yeah. I think I'll WWE is just sticks to the storyline. But to your point, you could they could really drive home his accomplishments a lot more to validate even more so what he's doing for sure. Yeah, I, I would hate to see them and them being the WWE, I would hate to see them wait too long instead of giving those flowers now. You could put a package out, a DVD special on Sheamus that would turn on a whole new group of fan and but really uh, help people remember and then appreciate his career because he's he's outstanding as a big man. He's outstanding as a performer. He's funny as hell. Um, and he's just but he's just a good guy behind the scenes and he's he's the kind if you had 200 of him you'd be in great shape anything could happen in wrestling and we talked about a scenario earlier but he's another guy where i'd be so surprised if he ever was anywhere else you're right he would to me now that we've mentioned a few other names i would highly 
I, I, I'd be blown away if the Miz were to leave and if Sheamus were to leave. Yep, two guys exactly. Yeah. Bill, man, this is, and we're gonna have to pick up on a part five of this, which is crazy. Cool. I hope people are enjoying it <laughs> as much as we are. Uh, there's just so much to talk about with this title than the individuals that have held it, which is exactly why we're doing it, man. So uh, another episode will be up and coming for this, but we're gonna put a book in on this one. And uh, what a great person to stop the conversation on, Seamus. Yeah, this has been this has been a really good um, series um, as we've been talking about it. As always, I say it's great to re, you know kick in the memory and and you and I go down memory lane with a lot of things and and hopefully hopefully people are, are entertained and and a little bit educated and become bigger fans. But this this has been great. Um, I, I just want to say congratulations to you for creating five hundred plus subscribers now on YouTube for what we're doing. Oh, oh and, on the Build a Mont one. Okay, yeah. Uh, that was but, you, um, man. I have my own. YouTube page that, uh, but no, it's all you. That's not me. People, no, people no. don't listen to hear me. Yes, they do. You're, we're like, uh, we're like Abbott and Costello. Oh, okay. Okay. I was going to say Which Bonnie one's and Clyde. Which a smarter but... one? No, but they got, they, the, 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 the cops got yeah, Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> Which we may get, uh, that. okay, so we'll hold on to Bonnie and Clyde. We'll hold on to that. Modern day. Oh, we're like Bill, Billy we did Chuck. have. Uh, I hope we talk about that one day somehow. We got to figure oh, out a way to will. talk about that. Could that work out today, Bill? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, we, okay, we'll end it with this. Uh, I don't know if it's the end of Billy Gunn's wrestling career, speaking of Billy. Put the boots in the ring. I'd, if it is the case, I want to take one second to say thank you for all you've done, and I sure hope they are listening backstage at the... And listening and, and taking everything in that one like Billy Gunn could teach them. Yeah, yeah. The uh, as I always say, I don't believe it till I see it. So if he pulls a Mark Henry on me and cries and retires and then, you know, slams the crap out of somebody, then I'm going to be mad because I fell for it. But if this is truly the end, what an amazing in ring career! And those those cats in AEW better realize the resource they have in front of them because he's not done. Vince McMahon's mustache. I didn't ignore your question. I don't. Uh, if you want to know what you thought about the blood and guts match, blood and guts match on AEW. I don't know if Bill's had a chance to watch it. He was out of town last week. I did watch it, and it was uh, there was some blood. I didn't see any guts. It it took some guts to get some blood. That's what I thought of it. Enough said with that. I hope you're happy, Vince McMahon's Meh. mustache. Meh. Meh. Yeah. Yeah. Meh. Uh, Bill, another great episode, man. I do want to tell the people how to find us. BillDemont.com. The Bill DeMont Experience is available wherever you want to listen to podcasts. My YouTube page at Jeff Townsend Media has the audio-only version. I got to get way better at the video version for ours. I've got a new plan of at least to get the full episodes up, then start doing clips. So I already have all the full episodes, but I try to break it down and do clips. I'm going to worry about that down the road, but just make sure we get the full episode up there. <laughs> on your YouTube page, which gets Good. more subscribers growing somehow. And I'm not even doing a great job of getting content on there. I apologize. Doing a great job. Doing a great job. Hey, check out the build a on there. We have the t-shirt for the foundation where the proceeds will go to the foundation. And like I said, you want to learn more, go to build And I'm going to let you plug anything else that you want before I send us home. 
Uh, uh, we're heading back up to Jersey. The foundation is going strong. I want to say thank you. Um, I want to say thank you. And then we talked about the fans and all of fame earlier, but to all the people that approached myself, my family and gave a donation to our foundation because you heard the message. Thank you. Wrestling fans and the wrestling community are some of the best people I've ever met in my life. So don't ever get it twisted. And I always want to make sure to say thank you. Absolutely. And uh, everybody listening who's a part of that and a part of what we're doing, we appreciate you and we can encourage you to keep being you and keep being great because you truly are great. Jeff Townsend Media. CG, good night. And the question is, do I stay here? Will you be back? Are you gonna come back? Will you be back? Are you coming back? <laughs>